Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Blogcast with your host Will and Simon. Simon, how's it going? I am doing really well, thanks Will. It's uh, starting to get colder here now, so that's never fun, but hey, crypto never stops, regardless whether it's rain, hail or shine. So here we are, mate. What are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about Push Protocol, a really cool service built on Ethereum. All right, so what is Push Protocol? What's it trying to do? What's it trying to solve? In a nutshell, it's a really simple communication protocol that allows really simple push messages to be sent between blockchains and between dApps and between Web2 and blockchains. And I guess push messages is only, I guess, the tip of the iceberg of what push are actually trying to do. But I guess the main thing that we should talk about here is, is how they actually do it. And this goes along with, I think, is that one of the big themes and narratives going forward in crypto is that it's using your Ethereum public address as effectively your ID, similar to how in Web2, your email address or even your phone number is effectively a part of you. It's a part of your ID. The public address is your ID, and that's actually what they use as uh, the point of contact for you, isn't it? Exactly. The point of contact is an address. And the thing is, this address could belong to a user's wallet. It could belong to a smart contract. It could really belong to anything. And it's something that we really take for granted in Web 2 that is sorely lacking in Web 3, and that is notifications. When I get an email, when somebody sends me a WhatsApp message, there's all sorts of notifications that go on for us users. And also importantly, there's notifications that happen between apps that users don't even know. So the apps on our phones are always communicating with each other, and we're not even aware of it. Uh, so when I log into Facebook and maybe there might be an issue with the security, Facebook sends a message to my Gmail, and then Gmail sends me a notification that says I would need to check my Facebook and make sure that I logged in. There's all these kinds of small messages that are passed back and forth that are really hard to do on Web3. and Now it seems to be really easy thanks to Push. Okay, so let's dive into that because I feel there's two parts of the Push. There's obviously the developer aspect of it and what developers can do with it, and then there's also to agree what, what retail or individuals like me can do with it. So let's go into the developer side of things. What can developers do with this and why would they want to use it? Developers have a really difficult time in sending messages across between dApps or apps on, on the blockchain. Uh, it's, it's difficult in that if I had to create my own dApp or if I had to create my own lending protocol, for example, I have to go and try and figure out how to send these messages. And I essentially need to create my own little protocol. I might want to notify the user when they're about to get liquidated. Let's say it's on a lending protocol. But now bridging my smart contract to the real world is kind of hard to do. I have to figure out how to do it with an Oracle, maybe with Chainlink or some other similar service. But so. For developers, uh, all I have to do essentially is just plug in, push. I've looked at the code, it's really easy to use. Now, from the user's point of view, what they get is a nice notification that makes sure, in terms of my lending protocol, that they don't get liquidated. Or maybe a notification saying that uh, a new offering is available, or telling them that uh, what the in new interest rates, for example. So from the user's point of view, they get all these cool notifications that that have been lacking in Web3. So that sounds really interesting for the developer side of things then. So what's what's the retail? What, what does a retail person want to do with Push and why should they get benefit from it? Well, a retail user doesn't really need to know that they're using Push. All they need to know is, is notifications that are pertinent. 
we just talked about a lending protocol. They might need to know when they're about to be liquidated, but let's say they're on a social protocol like Lens, which we've talked about before. They might need to know when a new friend has, uh, when a new friend has friended them or send them a message. Uh, they might be, let's say on a blockchain auction, they might need notifications for when they've won or lost a bid. They might be on a betting service. So from the point of view of the user, it's all about notifications. It could be a pricing alert, let's say on a trading platform. So there's all sorts of things that a user could use in terms of information that, that comes from the blockchain. Yeah, sure. And I guess to give you an example, I guess of what one of the options you can do there when you're talking about being notified about a lending protocol and potentially getting close to your liquidation price. Anybody who's used Aave before, and I certainly have, you can set up alerts with Aave through something called Howl, I think it's called, uh, but they obviously use the Web2 version of it. So they will send you an email to your email address once the price gets to a certain point to notify you that you're getting close to your liquidation point. And so in the push version of that, obviously it's a fairly similar thing, but instead of sending you an email, it sends you a notification through, I believe the push protocol, sends it to your public address because it knows your identity as your public address rather than your identity as an email address. That's one of the use cases that I've seen it. Um, the other use case I think that is kind of cool for individuals in general is that it kind of becomes, I guess, a messaging service directly from a project or protocol that you like. And so I'm just looking right now, they've got a whole bunch of channels that they've created. And, you know, simple ones like Coindesk, you know, the, the news, a crypto news website you can opt in to their channel and they will send you notifications of different news items that come through so rather than having to i guess log into or go to their, to their website they're sending them directly to your public address through the push protocol now this is where it comes into my mind i'm interested to hear your thoughts on this that's all kind of cool do we really need that does that actually really help the retail does it make it a better experience for the retail? What are your thoughts? I think it's really needed. And you mentioned that it comes to the public address. But then the other thing it does is that it can also go straight to a DAP as well. Uh, let's say there was a Coinbase DAP or an Avid DAP or any other kind of DAP, um, or even an app for that matter. So literally an app sitting on my mobile phone. Now, my liquidation alert could literally just be a ping on my phone. Or you could get creative and have the message go to a server, and then the server could actually call my phone. I mean, liquidation is a serious event, so you could actually have an automated phone call uh, initiated by push, because push allows any sort of message. You can actually send text, but you're also free to send video and sound as well. So there's, it really depends on what the developer wants to implement. And I don't think developers have gotten creative as they could as yet, but in terms of features, push is really rich in terms of what it can do in terms of the message that can be sent. And not only that, it can go from uh, a blockchain to a single user, or it could even go to a blockchain to a whole bunch of users. So it really depends on how you set it up. It can be one-to-many, one-to-one, many-to-one, like it just depends on what you want. Well, here's the question I've got for you then. Could we, I mean, this is, I guess, the step to Web3. This is trying to interlock Web3. And to get my mind around it, it's kind of, be, if, if we've moved something to Web3, it's got to be significantly better than Web2 because it's hard to make people change. People don't want to change. 
I get the developer side and I can get the idea of being able to send notifications to different smart contracts. I think that is valuable in itself. But the retail element of it, what's the use case? What makes this better than a Web2 version like a messenger service, like WhatsApp, like Discord? Why is this better? I would say it's a step in the path to making Web3 better than Web2. So like one thing that has been lacking in web3 is is notifications it's been so cumbersome needing to go and log into my wallet on metamask and see how my uh, tokens are doing or how that that trade i set up on that dex is doing for once i just like to get a notification then at least i can go well it's not as bad anymore it's almost as good as web2 so i would say it's it's on the path towards making Web3 products at least as good as Web2, if not better. One of those things that we really do need is, is those notifications. And I want them on my phone. And so push push does allow, allow for that. I think it makes it easy and takes us down that pathway. Yeah, and so my, my thoughts, and I did agree with you there, but my thoughts on it are that the, the need for it is there if web3 and identity being part of web3 then push is absolutely crucial for that i mean mm. the, the whole concept of being able to use your public address to log into multiple things whether it's DeFi, whether it's metaverse whatever the applications that you're using that creates your id and that allows you to be that person and now it allows a communication path as well because i guess the, the best example i think i guess is you know the whole you know, your Google logins or your Facebook logins and how these days you go to any website and it says, do you want to log in with your Facebook login? Do you want to log in with your Google login kind of thing? It's kind of that identity is connecting it together but also connecting, you know, PayPal. PayPal logs into everything. It's connecting the payment system together as well. So with this ability to message, we are creating that, that you know, crypto identity and it intertwines with everything. So it's potentially in the future, the, the one signing, the one single signing for the entire Web3 world and push and you know messaging services, chat services, even that you know they're launching their video service soon through as well. That is a big part of it. So I think the success of push is very much so riding the coattails of the success of that identity being part of blockchain. And I, I think I guess yeah, the metaverse payments, everything about it coming together being the one single login. That's why it's needed, and that's its potential for the future. Oh yeah, push could be that. A piece of the puzzle that connects the one single login and connects all the apps to all the other apps and all the people to the apps. There is one nice thing I do like about it in that it gives the option of the broadcaster. Let's say it's Coinbase or Aave or anybody sending notifications. It allows them to stake DAI, and then this DAI is staked by push protocol into Aave. The interest from this stick die go to the people receiving notifications. So for every notification you get, you also get a little bit of uh, uh, interest from Aave, of course, depending on how much, let's say, Coinbase has uh, staked into the protocol. So that's kind of like a neat incentivization feature to sign up for notifications that I that I like. Getting, I don't think you're going to get crazy rich off it. Yeah, yeah getting yeah. paid to <laughs> receive notifications. That's kind of, yeah, like a good way to bring people in. It's just. You know, a, a network effect that 
crypto can do is provide liquidity to incentivize people to move into the protocol so that's kind of cool mm -hmm. we're talking then again i guess incentivizations let's talk about the token push has a token uh, what's its utility so push is still undergoing its whole decentralization process but then the eventual utility of push would be one governance uh, which is kind of standard nowadays but then the other things are fees as well creating a broadcasting channel if i was coinbase and i wanted to create a broadcasting channel i might need to stake push i would also need to stake push if i was one of the validators when the messages are sent uh, you need a bunch of validating nodes to look at the message make sure it's fine and pass it on so the validators also need to stake push and to make sure that they behave if they don't behave the push that they've staked is slashed so in the future, there's a whole bunch of different interesting use cases for push that could be very interesting depending on how big and how much push becomes used. Uh, but then in terms of the token, uh, they do have some really interesting plans for it. Yes, yeah, so I look at the token and, and the tokenomics of it. And yes, it's a DAO. Everything's a DAO, which kind of <laughs> makes me not so impressed with a lot of things when everything's just a DAO. But they are going a little bit further than that. Obviously, yeah, there's a whole bunch of ways they're using push to charge fees like i created my own channel on there just to play around with the protocol itself and yeah it was like 50 push which at the moment is, is not a lot of money it was like 20 20 us dollars i think so you know for a business that's you know that's a drop in the ocean so that's great um and to, for them to actually have a you know recurring income from elements of how it goes out that's good uh here's a thought for you we talked about eigenlayer the other day would push be a great potential if it was if eigenlayer was in existence already to be utilized that way uh, that's another good point simon last time we talked about eigenlayer and the whole point of eigenlayer is to make it easy for projects to launch and create security without needing to launch their own token and with eigenlayer push could launch and allow ad stakers essentially to just restake on push and create the security we need and so that could be a really cool thing but I guess protocols are also incentivized to create their own token. Uh, you know, they, they, uh, I, I guess for funding purposes, and you know, I, I guess they make a little bit more money that way. And really, with Eigenlayer, it only becomes worthwhile to create a new token if there's some really interesting or amazing game theory mechanics in it. Now, with Push, I think I do agree with you that Eigenlayer could be an interesting solution or alternative. Very, very polite way of saying no. I don't think you're right. So thank you for hearing <laughs> me. I'm just looking at the push token price as well, um, and this is what obviously is interesting, whether it's an investment or not. I mean, it is down 96% from its all-time high, but it launched at its all-time high, so that's not really a good indication of the price where it should be at. Uh, for me, my question is always, what's the value in the future? And the question that holds me back from thinking this is a good investment is simply that I haven't been convinced that this is better than the Web2 versions from the retail perspective. The developer side totally see it, but the retail side would probably drive price more than the developer side. And I don't know whether I need to stop using my email address and use my public address with push. It doesn't give me enough incentive for, to do that. Maybe once network effects are there and all the applications are using it and you know the developers have picked it up and into everything then it might be the same like it's like you know just saying oh i don't use metamask but everyone uses metamask so of course you're going to use it 
And so if the developers pick it up and are using it more, then it might have more interest for me from an investment perspective. But right now, yeah, it's it's competing from my perspective with too many Web2 applications and that is a hard task because you can't, to disrupt those, it needs to be better. It can't just be as good, I feel. I offer an alternate thesis in that you mentioned uh, needing to uh, offer your uh, public address to receive notifications. How I would see it is that uh, if Ave were to do it cleanly, uh, the user wouldn't really even know that they're offering their public address or anything like that. In that, if there was a, let's say, an Ave app, uh, the app should know my public address and the developer could connect Ave to uh, push protocol and hopefully use push to send those notifications. But even having said that, assuming you can abstract all of that sign on business for the user, the thing I think we need to ask is, well, how many developers are going to onboard this? How many projects? And right now they've got 100 projects. But then the question is, is that enough to create enough fees, enough of an economy to make the push token valuable? <clears throat> if there was 1,000 projects coming up, I think I'll be really excited for push. Uh, for 100, uh, not so much. So I guess I would look at the growth trajectory of push and try and see how many other projects are joining. And I think that would be pretty informative on whether it could be an interesting buy or not. Uh, but to your point, it has dropped 95%. So, uh, you know, I think it, it would depend on the trajectory. And that could be an interesting, interesting buy depending on the trajectory. Yeah, absolutely. And you say like yeah, there's like a hundred projects built on it at the moment now, which is that's not a small amount, I have to say. You know, that's pretty decent. But just looking at them now, you know, the, the apart from like the top ten, which are in the thousands of people mm -hmm. uh, opting in to getting those notifications, most of them are in the the low hundreds. Mm -hmm. um, so but that's network effects. This is an early project, early stage takes time for that to build up. And I, I think for me, but just with the investment mindset on it, I'd, I'd want to see that pick up a lot more before I consider mm. taking a risk and putting any money in this. I think we're. I think I'm with you on that one, Simon. We need to see people use it. <laughs> so how do they use it then? How do they use it? <laughs> well, see that. See that's my thing. I don't think. Uh, <clears throat> I I don't think a user would need to know they're using it. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when you get a notification on your Gmail or something. It's a service called Firebase, you know, that's doing it, or I think Microsoft also offers some similar service. You know, it knows my email address, but I didn't sign up. I don't know it's Firebase. It's just a notification. That That's for the back end kind of stuff, but their front end stuff where they're taking on Discord and their video chat, that's very much so front facing oh. for the user. So that's a different aspect of it. And again, so that's the, I guess the difference between the developers finding use from it and retail finding use from it. So mm -hmm. I, I think the developers could probably already see the use of it. And you are right. When they put that into their project in some way, shape or form, retail don't see it. But mm. they are very much so pushing a retail version of it as well. And, you know, they've literally said anything that, you know, their video chat can, can be the equivalent of Zoom. You know, that's a yeah. big statement to make. And it's a big, big target to try and take down. Uh, good luck to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they, good luck they, to them. I, if they do that, it's going to be a great investment. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know why I would use push over Zoom. Yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it'll I mean, come down to the usual thing. It's got to be competitive. It's got to work really well. It's got to be a great user experience. It's, it's got to be cheaper. You know, Zoom is, is free, you know, a certain period of time. But once you go longer or you have multiple people, money comes into it. So that's where it's got to be competitive on because I don't think people care which program they're using, whether it's Zoom or Google Meets or Teams or whatever. It comes down to, in a lot of ways, user experience and price. Oh, yeah. And let's not forget that blockchain apps tend to be a little bit more expensive. If they're offering me a free version, I'm not sure where they'd be getting the money from. Uh, so it's like same wise if they're incentivizing me, they really need to invest a lot of DAI tokens <laughs> in order to cover their costs of running a Zoom messages and also get to be paid. Yeah. Um, so yeah. where's the money coming from? Where is the money coming from? Show me the money. Yeah, I think we've covered push today, mate. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks, Simon. Until next time.